The Bucks made hard work of it late in this game, and perhaps some of us started to get a little bit nervous, but they do get revenge over the Charlotte Hornets. Sweet revenge. And Giannis had another 30 points, and Chris Middleton starting to look a little bit like Chris Middleton. Some quick points in this game. And by the way, should we give some credit to Javon Carter as well and his transition threes? I think so. Let's talk about the Bucks' win over the Hornets. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. find my work over at ESPN and alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden for today's episode that's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And we have to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day, whether it's on the audio platform or on YouTube. By the way, over 5K views from a podcast I dropped about 20 hours ago uh, on Jay Crowder. Those rumors, trade deadline coming up. Everyone's very excited. Everyone has opinions. So shout out to everyone that's subscribed, uh, particularly on YouTube and is jumping in on the comments. I'm always in there. I'm checking the comments every couple of hours and interacting with you guys. We absolutely love it. We appreciate it. But today we've got a game to talk about. The Bucks. they were in control for most of the game. I never really thought that they were going to lose again, but it did get a little bit shaky and they really just struggled to score over the last few minutes of this game, but they hold on. 124-115, Frank. Giannis has another 34. As I said, Chris Milton breached the 20-minute mark in this game. He had 18 points, but the Bucks are 5-0 and since Chris has been back. They're stacking up the wins. They're 34-17. and That's what we like to see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was 64-64 at halftime. Mm-hmm. Bucks bled some points at the end of the first half. Uh and, and in that third quarter, again, it was like, oh, my God, these guys are just going to stick around. And, you know, could, could they do it again when, when for the second time in as many tries in Milwaukee, which has been a really hard thing to do. Bucks entered this game 20 and five at home. I believe do they still have the, is that the best record? I think that's the best record in the East at home, maybe in the league. Uh, so Pfizer form has been very much the friendly confines for the Bucks this year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the game really swung in late in the third quarter. Giannis goes to the bench, I think, with about five minutes left. And, you know, this is the luxury of the Bucks right now is, you know, ironically, it's it's easier to avoid hmm. any minutes with uh, without at least one or two of uh, the big three on the floor with Chris coming off the bench. And, I mean, we'll see. I'm still kind of wondering, like, okay, you know. Frank, let me let he... me just ask you this right now, just very quickly, because I had a YouTube commenter saying, you know what, six man, just keep cre-. and I pushed that, and I said, look, that's not going to happen. You you willing to ride out the, off that possibility? No, he's not going to be a six man. <laughs> um, you can still stagger them with all the yeah. guys starting. So, um, but it is obviously just. I mean, it's just. I mean, just think back to to all these games. You know in the first 40, 40 or so games or whatever, where, you know, you're bringing, you know, not, I don't want to say nobody, but 
you don't have that level of creation coming off the bench, especially pre-Joe Ingles, right? I mean, like Joe Ingles has been, and his passing has been really important. And just thinking back to uh, when everybody coming off the bench was, you know, essentially like a spot-up shooter slash, you know, Bobby, who's obviously can score, but is not a creator, right? I mean, he's a six-level big guy. So um, the fact that you just can like throw Chris Middleton into a game midway through a third quarter and, you know, have him carry you through, uh, the end of the period, they go from down four to up seven at the end of that quarter. And um, what did what did Chris end up having? Like it wasn't I can't remember if it was like nine or eleven point. He he basically just went on a, a one man run there, got to the line uh, repeatedly, goes eight for eight from the foul line tonight. And I think that's that's probably been the thing that has been most encouraging to me is I mean it, look, it's not like Chris is showing some like explosive first step, but you know, he's got the threat of the pass and the, sh- and the shot. And so he is using that really well. And it feels like he's getting to good spots on the floor. He's getting, you know, close to the basket, forcing teams to, in tonight's case, foul him. Um, you know, he's been able to get, you know, maybe not again, always to the rim, aside from that one nice little one-handed or uh, two-footed dunk that he had last game. Uh, but just, again, just so in control, you know, I, I think just for a team that obviously has lacked – creation and ball handling. Um, just the fact that he brings sort of a calmness to everything. And when, again, it just felt like they were struggling to, to create any distance between them and the Hornets, he comes in and, you know, is able to, to get them to, to a lead. And that was it, right? Really good close to the third, really good start to the fourth. And it was 114.97. And it was like, oh, you know, like Giannis hits a three. <laughs> <laughs> felt like okay you know pretty much can cruise control this out and then of course not so much and uh it got to 118 113 before the bucks did i believe i think it was at 118 113 where they forced a miss and west matthews comes up with a rebound hits two free throws and at that point it kind of you know got got comfortable with whatever it was like a minute or something left in the game or 90 seconds left in the game but um but yeah a little too close for comfort to me though as you said it was i wasn't so much worried about them losing so much as just like really annoyed that they were playing with their food and just you know it, it wasn't like they were just throwing the ball away as they have at very at various points as we've seen them they were they were at least kind of taking care of the ball they just couldn't make shots uh and thankfully i mean the hornets didn't didn't take that much advantage of it, but still they go on a 16 to four run to, I think it was like what, six minutes or something without a field goal for the bucks. I mean, just kind of a wild uh, drought for them. Uh, a fair bit of that, you know, a, a decent chunk of that came with Giannis getting his mid quarter rest as well. And uh, yeah, you just kind of, you know, Chris missed, I don't know if Chris missed two shots. He missed one kind of um, probably like 10 footer that it was like, okay, Chris, that would have, you know, fully informed Chris Middleton hits that and, you know, makes us feel, gets that pressure release valve, but hey, he's still, still working his way back, but for him to drop in 18 points on 10 shots tonight, uh, another three assists plus 13 in 20 minutes cracks the magical 20 minute mark. Um, obviously we like to see that, that minute number going up and I mean, nice to have Chris Middleton be able to close games for you for sure. That that's, uh, that's certainly part of it. And, Combine that with with Giannis, obviously doing Giannis stuff. I think he had 15 in the fourth quarter. So um, as much as the Bucks had that drought, you know, Giannis was was able to start to to get loose and, and start to do Giannis stuff 
in the fourth that kind of got them that that big lead. So, um, so yeah, just keep keep it rolling. Sixers lose last night. That put the Bucks technically into second place uh, coming into today. So it would have been annoying to lose at home to the Hornets mm. and drop back down to third. And again, yes, you know, there's forty or whatever thirty some games left. So it's not like um, you know you're you're at the point where things are really getting into crunch time as far as the standings go. But you know, we know how this league is. Guys get injured. Stuff happens. And obviously, this was a part of the schedule where the Bucks had a great opportunity to to string some wins together. And now they were at five straight wins. You would certainly say they should have won all those games, but um, you know, I think with with the exception of Giannis looking like he was moving a little gingerly uh, as the whistle sounded following a uh, awkward landing on a attempt on a goaltend of all things um, that really he didn't need to do. Um, you know, to me that was really the only kind of decided negative coming out coming out of this game. So we'll see. You've got the Clippers on Thursday and, you know, we know how these things go. Giannis will always say he's fine uh, in the locker room. And then, uh, you know, he's questionable or doubtful for a game and then he misses the next game or whatever. So um, I think Bud said he thought everybody was fine (laughs) in his post game, but who knows? Hopefully Giannis feels pretty good tomorrow and isn't too sore because we know that if he's uh, if he is sore and has some issues with one of the knees or both, then, they're not going to hesitate to rest him. And obviously with against a Clipper team that I believe will be rested. I don't think they're playing uh, tomorrow night. Um, this again, the Clippers are the Kings of, you know, randomly resting dudes. So who knows, but uh, pretty good test for the Bucks, assuming that that LA is, is at least close to, to full strength. And um, you know, hopefully, and we've been seeing the Bucks now kind of get their legs under them against some lesser teams. Would be nice to see them show a little bit more, maybe, um, showcase what what kind of stride they're hitting here against uh, a team that came into the season as as one of the title favorites. Well, I'm glad you said that last block from Giannis was a little unnecessary because, damn, he just doesn't know how to slow down, and that was entirely unnecessary. And Marcus Johnson was making me laugh because he's like, oh, thank goodness he's okay. Then a few seconds later, he's like, at least I think he's okay. And Giannis, you could tell, was like bothered but he didn't want to show that he was bothered because he probably realized that it was silly, but that's what Giannis does. And that's why you like on some occasions to get him out of the game if it's entirely possible. But that's why you don't want the Bucks messing around with games late like they did tonight. The game should have been over and he shouldn't have even been on the floor, but uh, we know he's been carrying some of that knee soreness. And he was huge again tonight, Eastern Conference Player of the Year. He, I think last week, Player of the Week, I think last week he averaged 38, 12, and 6 or something like that. So another 34, 18, and four tonight in this game. As I said, I do want to talk a little bit more about Javon Carter and the, uh, how his role changes now that he doesn't really need to be dribbling the ball as much that he probably has in the past. But we've got to talk about our friends at uh, FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. And speaking of who will score a touchdown, I was just perusing the anytime touchdown scorer line. I saw a name that is at least familiar to me, Marquez Valdez Scantling, plus 195, former Packer. 
I saw he scored a touchdown the other day, so that might interest you. Who else we got here in New Zealand? Well, Jalen Hurts. He's got to be a good bet. Plus 105. But anyway, go check it out at FanDuel. They've got all the sort of the fun props, the ones that probably interest me more as well. The FanDuel sports app, uh, Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid uh, your winnings absolutely instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL, uh, and also the Locked On Podcast Network. So a couple of interesting things tonight from the box score. Frank, first of all, you mentioned Wes Matthews. You are the resident Wes Matthews stan. This guy's looking fresh. He's found his shot. Three for five tonight from the outside. He was also plus 28 in his 16 and a half minutes there. He's been playing really good basketball, so it's been good to see Wes back in the rotation there. Grayson Allen continues to shoot the ball well. He was four for nine from three from the outside. But Javon Carter is the interesting one for me. We've seen George Hill basically out of the rotation. We know he was involved in these reports yesterday with the Jay Crowder stuff. So who knows if George Hill is here beyond the next week. But Javon Carter tonight, three for five, two for four from three. I think he had one corner three, but the other three three three-point attempts were all those kind of high-speed pull-up, leaning forward transition threes that almost every time when you've got Middleton and Giannis and everyone on the floor, I'm like, I don't know. But then he knocks it down and then I smile and I'm pretty happy about it. But his role changes a little bit. But shout out to Javon for taking these shots, for being confident, because if he's going to be out there, those are the shots the Bucks need him to have. And he even had that nice finish at the basket tonight that had Marcus Johnson uh, barking and doing all sorts of... Uh... <laughs> pulled on celebrations but Carter's back playing well he had a bit of a rough stretch but it looks like he's now starting to figure out where he fits with all these pieces back yeah and I mean quietly a guy that I think also really benefits from Chris Middleton coming back because Mm. you know Javon Carter having to quarterback um, a second string offense with with a little less talent and you know if Drew's not on the floor obviously it's going to be a lot of you know Giannis and a cloud of dust probably still is um, you know, even with, with Chris and Drew, both, both available, but, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, he, he's a guy that naturally his value, especially offensively is going to swing pretty closely with his three point shooting. He's, he entered today up at 40.2%, um, <laughs> from three this year, not, not quite the 55% that he had last year <laughs> in that really well, small sample. Yeah. We'll take it. Over. It will take it. Um, and yeah, you know, it's it's the uh, the double-edged sword uh, with him in terms of the the pull-up three-point shooting. Uh, obviously, you know, listeners of ours will know that uh, I frequently bemoan his inability to know when to give Giannis the ball in transition. Um, but when Giannis isn't on the floor, it's probably a relief to him because he doesn't feel obligated to, to have to pass. He can just dribble up into those those pull-up three-pointers in transition. The uh, Beno Udre Memorial, Memorial uh, pull up, PU3IT, pull up three in transition. You know, I looked this up after he hit his first one today. I was like, I, I, like, it feels like he's shooting these extremely well, right? So I looked at NBA.com. Their tracking data has pull up three-point shooting, which isn't exactly, I mean, you know, there's pull up three-point shooting, obviously, in the half court as well. But I feel like in the half court, he's not shooting a lot of off-the-dribble threes. And I was pretty shocked. He only takes 1.3 pull-up threes per game, and he's shooting like 36% on them. So I was kind of like, eh, kind of disappointing. 
He's you actually better. Like sixty or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, I yeah. Mean, you know, like I, I wish I wanted to be like forty-five percent on you know pull-up threes or something like that. Uh, I'll have to look and see what he is in transition. That maybe that's the better way to look at it. Shot clock, maybe the shot clock. Yeah, the transition way with like the transition stats might be the easier way to do it. But, um, but yeah, I thought uh, this was a game, and we saw last game, you know, Rozier and and Lamelo Ball just killed the Bucks in the last game. I mean, there are basically three things to me that killed the Bucks in that just hugely disappointing loss the last time these two teams played. One, I mean, Lamelo and Terry Rozier just were unstoppable, like just shot the lights out. Um, and then two, the offensive rebounding for Charlotte was just a huge problem. Uh, offensive rebounding, again, not great, to, not great tonight. Uh, 18 offensive rebounds. Although I think when I looked at it, the offense rate for them was, they were like 27% or something like that. So it was like basically kind of like an average offensive rebounding night because they just missed so many damn shots. And this is something we talked about last game. I forget what they gave up. Did they give up 110 last game or 115 last game? We, we, we talked about how when you, again, normalize it from the number of possessions, they actually had a, a soundly above average game in terms of defensive rating last game. I think they have like 105.9 defensive rating. They're at about 110 and they're second in the league at 110 for the season tonight being in the glass 100 even defensive rating so hmm. you see oh they they gave up 115 points well that's not good well look at the shooting 38 percent overall 28 percent on threes uh Charlotte didn't turn the ball over much and they did get 18 offensive rebounds but again they missed so many shots i mean they missed 69 shots from the field tonight um so getting 18 rebounds i mean that's just barely over um you know a quarter of, of their misses. So, yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought the defense was, was pretty good on the perimeter. I thought they generally handled all those dribble handoffs, all the pick and rolls that obviously LaMelo and, and also uh, Rozier run. Rozier was what, 0 for 5, 0 for 6 in the first half. So it was, um, it was almost, um, I was, I was kind of like frustrated. I was like, man, you held Rozier to two points on, O of six or whatever in the first half and you're only tied with these guys like that seems like a bad omen but um you know he finishes six of 20 20 points lamello 10 for 26 27 points again the math on that right basically one point per shot between the two of those guys hard to score really efficiently when the two guys who take the most shots uh are not hitting and uh i don't know but did you also have a moment there where whereas like when you're looking at this team and you know, PJ Washington was hitting some early shots. He finished with 14 on 13 shots, so he didn't light it up. But, um, you know, Gordon Hayward, oh, yeah, Gordon Hayward still exists, right? He's back. Uh, I mean, you look at this team. I mean, th- there's talent there, right? I mean, between Bell, or Lamelo, Rozier, Hayward, Hayward, um, and Mason Plumley has become, like, good again, right? 14 and 14, five assists again tonight. Um, Brooke Lopez stuffed the stat sheet blocking him uh, on numerous occasions. Shout out to Brooke. I don't, I don't know how he only had five blocks. Brooke with eight points, 11 rebounds. He fouled I'm going to do a Reddit like, post. I'm going to do a yeah. Reddit post about Brooke Lopez being ripped off at home for blocks. Felt like he had about seven blocks. We may need to go, go check the tape on this, but, um, <laughs> but you know, Hey, Charlotte has talent. I mean, they're a much more talented team than the 15 and 37 record would suggest. Obviously they've had a lot of injuries. Lamelo missed a ton of time early in the season. Yeah. Um, so again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is like, some great win or something like that. But again, we, you know, the Bucks don't need to be told that Charlotte can be dangerous. They can be explosive. Uh, and if you don't take them seriously, 
they're going to hand you an L and thankfully the Bucks learned their lesson last time around. And, you know, they at least didn't play 48 minutes, but, you know, played 42 or three and then kind of hung on at the end. So, um, so yeah, solid win. Okay. Win. It's a win 34 and 17. Keep the, keep the streak going. That's, that's the main thing. And the offensive stuff. I sorry. Did you say what the offensive rating was tonight for the Bucks? Uh, last, it was below, last it ten was below games. Average. It was below average. Yeah, as well. I Bucks figured it must have been. Yeah, same yep. thing. Same thing. Like the Bucks actually did not have a kind of an efficient scoring night, even though they put up one twenty four, just because of the number of. Um, I think they were at like a one hundred nine or something, which is soundly below even their their own poor um, seasonal average. So yeah, they were one hundred nine point seven uh, offensive rating tonight. Well, it's not going to help my dream of the Bucks finally climbing up from the 24-23 spot in overall offense. The last 10 games, they've actually been 10th. Still not elite, but their offensive rating was 118 on the season. It's around 112, so tonight a below average. Even by their average offensive rating, it wasn't a great performance there. But maybe this is going to be the playoff sneak attack. Everyone thinks they're a bad offensive team, and then maybe they surprise people. I don't know. We'll take it. I'll tell you what else I'll take any t- anytime, any day any place that's a built bar if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories then you've got to try a built bar we just got through the holidays and i know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year it's hard to say whether i've hit that goal through the first month but uh, we're going to continue to work on it but built bar is a healthy snack and it's hard to believe it is really hard to believe but what makes built bars so good well for starters they're covered in 100 real chocolate that's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while uh, maintaining healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a very, very generous 17 grams of protein as well. And you don't have to go to Built.com. You can go to Built.com, but you don't have to. You can go to Walmart. You can go to Sam's Club. Get yourself a box of 13. That'll get you through at least a couple of days. Different flavors as well. Brownie batter. And uh, the churro, as I mentioned. So you can thank me later. And also, go to built.com. Otherwise, you know, the, the, the classic way, the standard way. So you can go and do that as well. Shout out to Built Bar. You know, one thing that we've discussed, and I, I, I don't even think I mentioned Joe Ingles in the last podcast. So uh, this isn't <laughs> this isn't some quota that I have to do this. But one thing that we've discussed since he has come back, I think he's obviously had some nice assist totals. He's been able to involve the offense. Now, he only had one assist tonight. But one thing that he hasn't quite been able to nail down has been the pick and roll stuff with Brook Lopez. And, and I'd be curious if I looked at the the numbers of Brook Lopez, how many times the Bucks even utilize him in those scenarios over the last few years. It feels like sometimes when Giannis isn't on the floor. But if not, he's a floor spacer. Um but we did see a couple of occasions tonight. He found Brook for a, a dunk roll into the basket. Then he found Brook kind of on the short roll. Then he was able to find Chris Middleton just hanging out in the dunker spot under the basket, which was nice to see. It's just interesting. We've spoken a lot about, geez, the Bucks' offense is a bit stagnant. They're not running too much offense. There's not too many guys moving around. But that play in particular where it was all of a sudden Chris Middleton's playing off ball and finds himself a nice little reverse layout. It's just interesting to see how... Because it's something we've discussed. Can you use Brook Lopez more frequently in the offense. He's a really smart player, obviously has good touch around the basket. So this isn't even necessarily a Joe Ingles take. It might be a Brook Lopez take, but just seeing the little things with, as you pointed to the different different lineups that they can utilize out there, it's 
kind of exciting. It's fun to see different guys involved in different scenarios offensively in the half court. Yeah, I mean, we, we again, the, the fact that Chris is coming off the bench, the, the sample of lineups with Drew, Chris, and, and Giannis are still extremely low. Yeah. Um, and I think they're like either barely positive or actually slightly negative still. I think it's like 150 possessions. I was looking at it earlier. Um, and it, it's mainly because they haven't, like the defense has been horrendous, I think. So I think the offense has been very good and the defense has been terrible with, with that 3-0 on. But again, it's such a small sample. It's kind of hard to, to, to take much away from it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think when you put, you know, three, four guys out there who are all willing and able passers and uh, between Joe, Chris, Drew, you know, they're unselfish, they're good passers. They can all hit shots from, you know, three intermediate range. Um, and all of them to various extents can run pick and rolls. Um, it, it just makes, you know, for a more dynamic look for the Bucks, And, um, you know, we'll see. I think that's obviously you hope that the last 30 games here, you've got 31 games left. You hope that you can stay healthy enough that um, that you can really begin to build some chemistry there, especially with, with Joe being kind of the new guy there. And I don't know. I mean, it's funny talking about the, the Crowder rumors is sort of continuing. You know, you look at the lineup, right? Tonight they played 10 guys. Wara played six minutes, which again, is just like, why even bother uh, <laughs> giving him this random run, right? The, it's the random first half, like six minute stretch that remember where AJ Green was getting that for, for a few games here and there. Um, you know, it's like, is, are we really helping Jordan Morris trade value by actually playing him at this point? I don't know. Uh, he was one for four tonight. But, um, you know, you look at the minutes distribution. Okay, granted, you still have Pat and Grayson starting. They played both about 30 minutes tonight, which, you know, obviously is, is on the high end for what you would expect, you know, them to play if, if the Bucks are at full strength. But and it's the interesting thing, right? Especially if you're able to trade guys that really aren't rotation players between uh, George, Jordan, and Serge Ibaka for Jay Crowder or, or any other rotation guy for that matter. If you're adding another rotation guy, you know, again, you hope that you are healthy. Uh, but then the irony is that you've got decisions to make, right? I mean, tonight, um, Javon Carter plays 17 minutes. I mean, some back, it feels like some backup point guard has to play 15 or so minutes per game, right? Drew, Drew, you, you can play without a point guard without Drew or George or Javon, given you have Giannis, Chris, and Joe Ingles. But I, I just don't think the Bucks are necessarily going to want to do that, um, especially in the regular season. So, yeah, Javon Carter's probably going to play those minutes. Chris only plays 20 minutes. Again, you can probably flip him with Grayson Allen getting 31 minutes and say, okay, Chris will get those minutes. But if Grayson Allen is on this team, he's going to play, right? If um, Joe Ingles is on this team, he played 22 minutes tonight. Do we really think Joe, Joe Ingles is just like not going to play if you acquire Jay Crowder? Like, I, I don't know. A bloody hose not. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you look at it, it's like, okay, the bench was Chris, a smidge of Wara, which, you know, throw that into the, the pot with the other guys, Carter, Wes Matthews, and Joe Ingles. It's like, okay, well, you know, Wes Matthews, you can say, well, Wes Matthews doesn't play. Okay, well, is Bobby Portis still playing? <laughs> you know, when, when he gets healthy, you know, um, so you get put into this really, I mean, it's a, it's a good place to be, to have more dudes than, uh, to have more solid rotation guys than you necessarily have spots and the reverse. Um, but it, 
I don't know. It's an interesting spot to potentially be in. And um, I feel like we, we always sort of fall into this. I think we fell in this trap a little bit in the preseason this year. Where I was like, Oh man, when Chris comes back and Pat comes back, like this looks good. Is this the deepest team of the, of the Giannis era? And they've really needed all the depth that they've had this year, just due to the injuries and especially the extended absence from Chris. Um, but it, I don't know. I, it's, it's just very interesting to me. And I, and I threw out on Twitter and some people got like went crazy at, when I suggested that, well, if they're acquiring Jay Crowder and they're having these meetings with him and he like wants an extension and you know, whatever, I mean, I assume he's not a rental, right? Given you're giving up multiple second round picks. I assume you would want to keep him beyond this year. And, you know, he's probably going to make, I don't know, it's an extension like 8 million a year, 10 million a year, whatever he makes 10 million right now. Um, so what kind of, what kind of gives there, right? Like what, what, you know, are you going to pay Pat Connaughton nine or 10 million, Jay Crowder, nine or 10 million, Bobby Portis, 10 to 12 million, all those guys to be bench dudes. We haven't even talked about Joe Ingles, what you do with him next year. Um, that team is super expensive. If you're keeping your big three, I don't think Jay Crowder is a Chris Middleton replacement. Um, so anyway, it's, it's just interesting to me kind of what, what sort of gives. And um, I, I like, especially in the playoffs, having the flexibility that you can play smaller, right? I mean, we saw it against that net net series, Bobby Portis just didn't play. And ultimately that worked out. But I think, uh, I think this playoffs, you know, especially if they do make an acquisition like a Jay Crowder, I think it's going to be really interesting to watch kind of how Bobby in particular fits into that, because on the one hand, it's like, well, they only have three big guys. So, you can't get rid of, you know, one of your three big, you can't get rid of Bobby because then you have like serious lack of size. Um, but the flip side is, especially in a playoff series where you're playing your best players a ton, Brooke, Giannis would play a ton. Um, that that could certainly be your best configuration is playing smaller and more mobile, given that you have all these kind of bigger wings that, that may be able to give you more in terms of two-way play and playmaking and things like that. So anyway, I'm, I'm not trying to trade Bobby over here, but I'm just saying if uh, if the Bucks do make a move for a Jay Crowder, then you have to wonder they're presumably wanting to extend him. And then what are the knock on effects of that? And, you know, I don't, you're not salary dumping Bobby Portis, but part of the point would be if you, you know, you can't, I don't think you can sort of treat this roster as like a bunch of untouchable role players or something like that. Right. Um, and we've talked about it in terms of Ingles, like doesn't seem like they trade Ingles, but you know, if you could get Boyan Bogdanovich, are you keeping Joe Ingles because he makes you feel warm and fuzzy and whatever? And Kane Kane needs an Australian to talk about. I don't know. It's it's it, it raises some interesting questions. And again, I I, I love this group. Um, it's a really fun group. I think they all generally get along really well. Um, so you hope that you can just win it with the guys you got. But it's a business, so. Uh, we will we will see what happens, but certainly I think you said yesterday in the pod, Crowder at the price that's being rumored. I mean, sure, right? <laughs> like I guess, right? Like you're not giving up a rotation player to get a guy that that could be useful if he's you know actually in shape and not washed up. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting, but again, hopefully, uh, hopefully you just stay healthy and we can worry about those types of problems and not the problems that we've been worrying most of the year about, which is how do you patch over, you know, guys' absences. It's going to be a fascinating uh, lead up to the deadline, but we've said it. Hopefully there's a title that comes first, but then we're going to have some really, really interesting off-season podcasts talking about different options and then ultimately what they decide to do, because I think we all think that in some way, shape or form, there's going to be change 
there's no change to your daily routine after you're done with Locked On Bucks, though. It's straight to the Locked On Game to Game podcast. You can find it on your Locked On NBA feed. You'll get a recap of all the games overnight, including LeBron. I think he's about 88 points away now. He probably needs to miss another game if he's going to break that record against the Bucks. But listen to Locked On Game to Game on your Locked On NBA feed. I'm out of here. Uh, I, I got to go to work, Frank. I got to go to my other jobs. Busy day. Wednesday is the busiest day for me. First of February over here already. But the Bucks win the day. You're a TV star. You got you got places to go. Thirty-four and seventeen. Uh, you got to get in the makeup chair for like an hour, probably, just to look like this. I mean, this this the, you don't roll out of bed looking like this. Oh, that, unfortunately, I do. Yeah, they need to do some serious work, which is why I need to get there so early. All right, we'll have a podcast tomorrow. The Bucks and the Clippers not until Thursday night, uh, so we'll have another podcast tomorrow talking about that game, and uh, we'll see how it's shaping up and who's going to show up for the Clippers. All right. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. Hit notifications on. All those good things. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you in the YouTube comments. We'll podcast tomorrow.